What is up, squaddies? Welcome back. This is episode 25, and we've got another great show for you today. We sit down with Leah Wetterau. She is a wellness consultant with Wellness IQ, focusing on employee workplace wellness. And she also used to be my coworker at Tremont Athletic Club, where she was a personal trainer for many years. So we have a really fun interview with her coming up. But first, as always, it's the most interesting thing we heard this week. Gabby, what do you got for the people? So I found an article from someone that shared it with me about slugging. Have you heard about slugging? What in the heck is slugging? So, a pa- okay, so do you know uh, a snail, right? Like it leaves a mucusy trail and mm, slugs, mm-hmm. right? Snail trail. Slugs also leave this behind and it's actually what gave slugging its name. But what you're supposed to do actually in the form of slugging for your face is you take petroleum jelly like Vaseline and you're supposed to cover your skin with it. This has, I guess, gone viral on TikTok, of course. But this article is from the Cleveland Clinic, which I just find hilarious. Things we're seeing on TikTok and then the clinic goes and says, oh, yeah, this is actually good. So TikTok, not all that bad. But the whole... Gabs, can I can, can I confess something? I've been doing this for years. I didn't know that you it was put, backed by science, but... You put Vaseline all over your face? put Vaseline on... Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, that's cool. I used When to... I have dry skin, okay. I will put Vaseline on. Yeah. I mean, I used to use it a long time ago. Someone told me actually to use it to remove makeup. Uh, so you just like put... Oh. Say if you had eyeliner on or whatever, you just put a little bit of Vaseline on and wipe it off. Someone told me that. Uh, I stopped it a while back because I didn't like the way it felt. I thought it was weird. But yeah, it's supposed to give you this like gorgeous glow. You're supposed to just like put it all over your face at night. And then um, it's supposed to just soak in. And then you wash your face like normal the next day. But yeah, it moisturizes, protects, repairs, damage, all of the things. So I just thought that was really interesting and simple. Simple. Yeah, it's super simple, super easy to do. Um, I've obviously used Vaseline on like cuts and scrapes, uh, dry skin. My mom used to use it for years, so that was, I think, probably Kinda where I why. picked that up from. It's mm-hmm. just like, ha- yeah, having the jar right there. Um, for sure. But did the article mention anything about age-appropriate use of this? Because this reminds me a little bit of McConaughey's Green Lights book, uh, where in a story he told where his mom had him put oil of mink on his skin. Oh yeah, and, and he got like, sick. He got a really bad acne. He got like. Yeah, right. like cystic acne. And um, and he has damage from it. It was right. They went to the dermatologist and they were like, you're clogging up your pores with this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is for people that are much older. So I, I just wondered if they mentioned they, not to use it under a certain age. They do. It actually just says um, not necessarily a certain age. However, it does say if you have oily skin, don't use it acne prone skin and or infected skin i would uh it says do not use so okay, but there's so no teenagers age. teenagers right it doesn't say specifically um but you know it says it without saying it again yeah yeah some teenagers <laughs> have perfect Greasy. skin no they don't some do i swear well i hate them i know you i didn't all of us hate them but yeah so Probably 20, I would even say 20 and up. Yeah, it would probably be better for slugging, which we both are. So maybe we should slug. Yeah, listen, I'm already on the train, guys. All right. Up on board. All right, I'll Let's try go. it. I'll report back. I'll report back. Okay. What about you, Rich? Get the cocoa butter. It smells really nice. Cocoa butter? Um, 
The cocoa butter Vaseline. That's what I use. That sounds nice. Uh, This week, the most interesting thing I heard was courtesy of one of my instructor friends, uh, Dee. So shout out to Dee. What up, Dee? Uh, So she was teaching and in Shavasana at the final resting pose at the end. Mm -hmm. She read a little passage, um, an affirmation. Mm -hmm. And the part that she repeated at the end was, I'm at peace with my pace. Ah. And that was something that like really resonated with me. And I think that that's something good for all of us to kind of do a little introspection and, and take take a little inventory of where our pace is that we're comfortable with. And, and really it comes back to boundaries, which we always talk about is just staying true to your own pace, your own wavelength so well, to speak it's so easy. your own vibration yeah it's so easy to, to get caught up in everybody else's timelines and uh, like i've mentioned this before if you would have asked me five years ago where would gabby be at 26 with two children a mortgage all of these things and now i only have half of those things and i don't even want that half so i mean it, it's crazy how you think you're on this path and then you you have to let yourself find your pace and and go with it not go on anybody else's so God, am I glad I'm doing that? <laughs> yeah, no, and and how much better do you feel? How much happier are you throughout your day? So much. Just yeah. being true to that instead of trying to conform to somebody else's oh, and it's, pace or somebody else's expectations. It's hard not to conform, and it's hard not to go what on other people say, especially when the people are your parents, your aunts and uncles, the people who are closest to your you, boss. your your boss, the people who you you think have your best interest at heart when really they just are also the people who conformed and they're like well that's what we did so we have so we expect you to do it no i'm good i'm good i'm glad i learned otherwise yeah, yeah. and it's not that it's not that they don't have your best interests at heart right, right? It's, it's just it's that all they know I think it's their perspective versus your perspective and those I think it's really hard to put yourself in somebody else's shoes as much as you would like to. You're going to be influenced by your own experiences and your own internal workings. So, yeah, I think it's just it's really good to just sit back every once in a while and dig in and learn that about yourself of of what is comfortable for you. Where where can you find that peace? Um, And it's tough with with jobs and with bosses. It's we get into this mindset of like, we got to go, go, go. And we've got to do more, more, more. And sometimes it is just taking that time to set the boundary and saying like, no, I, I need, yeah. I need to put the computer away. I need to work on it tomorrow. And if that's not good enough for them, then maybe that's not the right fit, you know, for both parties. But if, if you don't over the long term, that's going to be the imbalance. And then, yeah. And then it's going to inevitably be ends in disaster. Yeah. You're, it's going to be tough to come back from. So, yeah. Working on that. We all need to work on that a little bit more, I think. So, good. Yeah. Very good. I like that. All right. Well, next up, we have our thirst trap segment. And what are we talking about this week, Gobs? Foods that are rich in water. And we're going to link it into a little bit of Earth Day since it was just this past week. Ooh, we look at that double whammy. Yeah. Well, I know we we focus a lot on how much to drink and what what type of things you can drink to stay hydrated, but you can also get your water through your food, as our last guest Sophie mentioned in her interview. 
So Gabs, what are some of the most water-rich foods that one can consume? If you didn't know, watermelon. Uh, watermelon has water in it? Yes, but funny, I mentioned that. When you look, uh, so we're looking at a list here that we found online. Watermelon has 92% uh, content, but cucumbers have 95%. So that's kind of funny. So should we should we call them watercumbers? We could. Or wat watum or... watumbers or wumbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not, Gabs? Because that just doesn't seem like cucumber should be the name. It should have water in it. Or like cucumber waters. I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I just love seeing these wheels spin right now. I'm brainstorming here. Um, and let, Gabby tries to come up with it on the spot. Let, well, and lettuce and celery also have about 95% water content. So I, I'm putting it to a vote. We need new names for celery, lettuce, and cucumber that need the word water in it. I think that that... How about lettuce can just be water paper? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually. Or hydro paper. Hydro paper. Green hydro paper. I like that. Um, someone once said, side note that egg whites are like floppy paper. And I totally agree. Anyway, um, like without the yolk, it's just like floppy paper when you cook them and it's right. Anyway, um, what else do we have? Yogurt actually has a surprisingly high water content, which is neat. Um, I didn't- Yogurt really, was on the list. Yeah, you don't really think about yogurt as having a lot of water in it, but it makes sense. Um, bell peppers, another surprising Cottage one. cheese. Cottage cheese, that's another crazy one. I, I did not expect to see cottage cheese on this list. But if, it says cottage cheese is 80% water. If yogurt's on there, though, and cottage cheese, that makes sense then. But I yeah, I wouldn't have thought of either of those. Yeah. And then my favorite is is broth. Bone broth is what I is my go-to for any time that I'm feeling either a little under the weather or just a little dehydrated. Chug some bone broth, get a little protein, and get some electrolytes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If I'm craving salt, usually at that three o'clock hour, I'm either craving salt or sugar. And I either, if I want sugar, I go for the berries. And if I want salt, I've been going for bone broth um, or carrots and hummus. It depends. But sometimes you just don't want to chew anything. I don't know. That sounds weird. But bone broth is really <laughs> good. Yeah, I feel like my teeth are well, tired. You're working and it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you don't feel like like bone broth is good. You're still gonna get satiated, you're gonna get some protein, you get that salt. Um, you don't always feel like eating, you know. Yeah, well, and yeah, a lot of this stuff can be really filling because it's it's nutrient dense, exactly. but it's not very calorie dense right. food that we're talking about. Right. I mean, watermelon, celery, the celery is higher in fiber, so that'll take up a lot of space in your in your belly yeah. if if you're not hungry or, or even worse, if you're like already feeling full, but you still need some hydration, uh, reach for that broth, baby. Yes. Broth all day. And actually it is better to get the frozen one. If you are able to, that is the highest quality. If you find your bone broth in the freezer section of the store, shout out Heinen's. That's a local grocery store. I know really? they sell it. Yeah. And whole foods here. You want to, you want to stay away from the shelf stable if at all possible, because they have to add more emulsifiers and things like that. Um, because, the bone broth is supposed to heal your gut, preservatives, emulsifiers, things that help it stay. Um, the bone broth is supposed to heal your gut. If they're adding junk to it, it negates drinking it. So the stuff that is frozen um, needs to be frozen so it can last longer. And you're heating it up anyways, so just buy the frozen one. That's my hot There thing. you go. Or refrigerated. They have refrigerated ones. You can also freeze them if you're not going to use it right away. 
So, Very yeah. good. Fun facts all, all right. day. Fun facts, gobs. All right. Let's cut things over to our... Oh, wait. We didn't do the Earth Day. Earth Day. Yeah. What is you doing? It was Earth Day recently and obviously a big focus on sustainability, things that are environmentally friendly. And one of the stats that we found was about using a reusable water bottle. So, Gubs, just how many plastic water bottles can you save on average each year by using the refillable option? You can save 156 plastic water bottles, which that's a lot. 156 per person. That's incredible. Per person. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, so I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it myself. I'm. I grab. The I was just gonna say. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty. Um, I was just going to say my other job, I work at a certain grocery store where we sell plastic water bottles and sometimes I'm the worst and I forget my reusable water bottle. And now that I've learned these facts and things, oh my gosh, do I hate myself when I have to spend, number one, spend money <laughs> on a bottle of water. Number two, yeah. oh, I do not need to use a plastic bottle of water when we have a free tap in the back that I can just refill my metal bottle so lessons first of all gabs use your reusable water if you are going to use a plastic water bottle from time to time make sure you recycle it so that way we're minimizing the impact but also just give yourself a little bit of grace give yourself a little bit of yeah yeah you're right you're right because none of us are perfect this is our reminder exactly. as much to ourselves as it is to everybody listening yeah. Go clean out right. that refillable water bottle that's been dirty by my sink for the past week <laughs> and and do that for At least your you own admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're not yep. And um, we've mentioned microplastics before. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned, yeah, right. <laughs> microplastics <laughs> is what I want to mention. So if you're buying that plastic water bottle, you actually don't want to refill it. I think we've mentioned this before because right. if you refill it, there are those microplastics we've talked about before because um, that's when you refill the water and then those tiny little bits and pieces of plastic start kind of they can kind of come off of the plastic bottle. So all in all, do your best to avoid. We totally want you to stay hydrated. So if you've got to buy the plastic, we totally get it. We do it too. But yeah, just try to do your best and refill. Little reminders. If you, yeah. Yeah. Yep. A little better every day. Don't hate yourself. Uh, I'm dramatic. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Let's go ahead and cut life these. interesting when I'm dramatic. Yeah. You know, just it would be... We, we can't have it be too smooth sailing over here. Yeah, your life would be so boring without my drama. <laughs> I love it, Gabs. Very here for it. All right, we'll now kick things over to our interview with Leah Wetterow. We now welcome on Leah Wetterow. She is a wellness consultant with Wellness IQ and former personal trainer with me over at Tremont <laughs> Athletic Club. Leah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm pumped. We're pumped. We're pumped. Uh, first question, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Toby. <laughs> and I am Michael Scott. Yes. Uh, I wish I got to do your exit interview. I want to know what that was like with Oh, my... God. Just a lot of beers at Southside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was my birthday, and then I was like, all right, I actually have to go because I have plans, and you just got me tanked in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, he has a good habit of doing that. Absolutely. Um, but before we get to the wellness part of things, uh, as Matthew McConaughey says, sometimes you got to go back 
to go forward. Uh, so let's take it back to your time as a trainer. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the job of a personal trainer gets glamorized by people? Yes. Who haven't done it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's not so glamorous, <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> no, I think it's incredibly, um, well, I shouldn't say it's incredibly hard, but it's a lot harder than people think it is. You know, you're working really odd hours. You're working when people are getting ready to go to work. So, you know, you're working between five o'clock and seven o'clock in the morning typically. And you might have people, you know, filtering in between your normal working hours, eight and noon or eight to four, whatever it might be. But, you know, typically you're working before work hours and you're working after work hours. Um, so a lot of your day is just spent waiting around, you and know, burning at both ends. Exactly. Exactly. So I think a lot of times people would say like, oh, being a personal trainer must be really great because you're just, you get to work out all day and you're in the gym all day. So you like, you must be in great shape. But the last thing that I want to do at the end of my shift as a trainer was to work out. Yeah. I wanted to go home. <laughs> I didn't want to be in the gym anymore because I knew I had to be back later. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to go home. I wanted to eat lunch. I wanted to take a nap. And decompress. And just kind of chill out. Yeah. Because yeah. you're also like dealing with a lot of people's energy for, for 30 minutes or an hour at a time. You're like hearing about their day. You're almost, I mean, almost like a therapist in, oh, in a way. Absolutely. You are a therapist to people. <laughs> um, yeah. And typically you're working really back to back. So, you know what I mean? There would be mornings from six o'clock in the morning until noon that I was just working straight. So that was maybe once or twice I was running to the bathroom or having to run to the bathroom in the middle of a session, not being able to eat breakfast, right. not being able to even have like five minutes to myself before you had to jump into the next session. So yeah, I think... Instagram makes it look really pretty right. and fun. <laughs> I was just going to say that. The reality is not as much. It's a great and it's a super fulfilling job, but yeah, I think I think social media gives it a little bit of a glow. Yeah, it's definitely a grind. <laughs> so for you people out there that think it's easy, you just make it look easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so speaking of clients, they, mm -hmm. they like to share. They're sharers. Uh, sometimes too much. So without revealing any names, what are some of the craziest things you've heard come out of a client's mouth? Um, so I thought about this one a lot. I feel like this was actually one of the harder questions. Two things kind of came to mind. So I had a client come to me one day and tell me he bought a plane. And I think you probably know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which was kind of just so out of the blue. And I was like, all right, you know what? I know you. That kind of makes sense. Sure. Whatever. Um, and I had another client, um, probably like in the first year or so I was a trainer who came in, um, and we always talked about, uh, their significant other. Uh, I didn't know them personally, their significant other, but I trained, you know, the other half of this relationship. And they came in one day and just told me that they woke up and decided to get a divorce that day. Oof. So that was just like a really heavy, awkward yeah. conversation. And you just like, sometimes people say stuff and you're like, I don't know how to respond yeah, to that. Yeah, right? what do you want me to do with that information? Am I supposed to support this or like, am I supposed to be the devil's advocate here? So... Those were kind of like the two biggest ones that come to mind, but I think kind of just on the topic of people sharing and to your point of us being therapists, people just, they want to tell you everything. They want to lay it all out there. Yeah. It's you know? A, yeah. It's like uh, you know, word vomit or whatever. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I think I've told you this story, but the, the one client who shall not be named, who was telling me about his sex injury. Mm. <laughs> Who felt the need to tell me why his hamstring was strained, <laughs> right. what position it was strained in. And I was like, that, 
You know, I didn't really need to know all the details. Nope. Just tell me where it hurts. Exactly. Right. <laughs> tell me where we're not working out today. Right. right. We're not doing legs. Good. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know anything else. Got it. Um, <laughs> so you're aff affectionately known uh, to at least one of our mutual clients as the kettlebell chick. <laughs> That, oh, that girl with the kettlebells. Yeah. So kettlebells, a yeah. big part of your mm -hmm. exercise program personally, mm -hmm. and I know it was with your clients mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Why do we love kettlebells so much? Um, I like kettlebells. Personally, I like kettlebells for myself because I think they're fun. I like swinging them around. They're good mix between like Olympic lifting um, and... I don't want to say cardio, but kind of, right? It's like a good medium in between. Yeah, yeah conditioning, yeah. Um, kind of a good medium between the two. But as far as with clients, I really like to use them because they were very functional. Yeah. They replicate a lot of the movements that you're doing as a parent. Um, you know, when you're picking up kids, that looks a lot like clean. Um, when you're picking up your kids' toys, maybe, that looks like a deadlift. And when you're getting on the floor to play with your kids, it looks like a squat. You know, so I think um, in that instance, like, Clients don't always love working with kettlebells because they are hard, um, but I think ultimately it's kind of the best functional training that you can get. Um, you know, I mean, bands and, and all that are, are great too as far as functionality goes, um, but you know, kettlebells are easy to use. They're easy to learn. There's it's, so much you can do with them. Yeah, too. they're not as daunting as, you know, picking up a barbell or mm. getting under in a squat, squat rack. You know, people kind of freak out when you like want to throw them under a bar. Yeah. So it's a good way to kind of to breach that, uh, that divide. Definitely. And there's, I know some of the, the movements that I've seen you do with kettlebells, it's almost like choreography. It's mm -hmm. almost like I, I was thinking about, it, it's kind of like yoga where you can kind of flow through some different positions. Like you're going into a swing, into a clean, into a press, back into your swing, into a lunge, you know, mm -hmm. you can kind of make it, like you said, more fun mm -hmm. instead of just like a constant repetition of the same movement. So mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you haven't tried kettlebells before, Leo Wet is here to tell you. Give oh my them a God, try. do it. Yeah. And they will <laughs> kick your ass. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. You but... can. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Okay. <laughs> they will definitely kick your ass. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about wellness for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about wellness in a workplace. So what's the role of a wellness program? Um, I think it's twofold. I think some companies or groups um, use it solely for insurance claims. They use it just to get a kickback and discount on their insurance. I think there's also um, a field of industries that do it to actually support their employees um, and to, to provide like that wellness for them, um, or at least to show them that they as a company are making an initiative to you know, be there for their employees, whether it's mentally or physically or emotionally, you know, providing that wellness, whatever it might look like to the employee individually, to the entire group itself. Um, you know, so I think it really goes two ways and it kind of depends. And some of those definitely, I think overlap as far as, you know, companies wanting to put those workplace wellness programs in place to get that kickback from their insurance companies ultimately, right? Like yeah. we all like paying less money for our healthcare. We do. Yes. But, um, you know, I think some companies stress it a little bit too much. And I think some companies maybe don't stress the support enough that, you know, we're putting this in place for you and not for us. Right. Well, and I think too, like it's, it starts at the top. So if 
who's ever making those decisions in the company sees the value of health and see mm-hmm. like in their in their own life even mm-hmm. uh, then it's a much easier sell to try to get them to promote it to the rest of their company because they see the value of it absolutely if they're at the top and they're just like very only concerned with the bottom line then they're just going to be doing it for for that insurance premium kickback absolutely well and i think a lot of times too you know when it when it comes to like insurance um companies want to force employees to complete things you know they have requirements that you have to complete to get that hsa contribution the premium credit you know whatever it might be but i think you know while that's all well and good i think forcing your employees into completing things that you know maybe are just not interesting to them or maybe that they're not interested in that's not going to do you any good right you know if it's not relevant to their personal experience so I think, you know, along the lines of those companies that do, you know, put those wellness programs into place to support their employees, I think they um, are more successful because they are providing that education for those employees and, you know, showing them the value of integrating wellness into their life. You know, whether it's, like I said, you know, physical, emotional, mental health or wellness, you know, I think providing... Um, you know, whether it's like webinars or um, like health fairs or, you know, bringing in somebody to host a fitness class or do like a cooking demo or something like that. You know, I think providing that education and that like hands-on approach is way more beneficial to that support system than just saying like, you need to do your biometric screening and you need to complete your health assessment. You got to read this article or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to attest to be nicotine free or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent, and that's I think something you can see in the culture of a company, and you see it down to their employees too. Of mm-hmm. like, number one, how do they feel valued by the company? Like how? Well, it's, yeah. Like, does your company see you as just like another number, or does your company see you as a person right. that they like want to provide that support to and invest in? Like, mm-hmm. you, yeah, those people are an asset. I know that's something on on your guys' website is, you know, just investing in your most important asset your Mm -hmm. your people um fostering that connection Mm -hmm. and building that culture from from the bottom up because that's that's how you got to do it people (laughs) everybody everybody love everybody um so you went from improving people's health one-on-one with your clients to taking more of the broad approach working with the wellness company so what was that transition like for you personally going that's because that's a big energy shift oh yeah yeah it's been um i think the transition at first was really uh, i don't want to say rocky but it was definitely uncomfortable i mean it was a it was a very different environment to be in yeah um you know i'm used to working one-on-one with clients like i'm coming in we're palling around for a couple hours you know you get to know people very individually your Mm. clients become your friends some don't right but you know, you become very close with those people. So I think moving from that one-on-one aspect into working in corporate, it's way different. Um, yeah. And for me, that was something that I had never really experienced. I never worked in corporate until this. So for me, it was learning corporate culture, learning how to use Excel, which has been, <laughs> I wish that upon no one. Yeah. Um, so I think it was definitely a big shift as far as just like the difference in environments Um, but I do think that my experience training people one-on-one and just having a background in wellness has been a lot more helpful to me in my role than, you know, those that maybe just kind of found this job and took it because 
they were already working in corporate and they needed a new job. Right. You know. Well, and that goes into like your your own personal health and wellness. And I think having the understanding of that personally helps you communicate it better to other people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people might think that their health, their wellness is about getting in their workouts, Mm -hmm. eating healthy food. But what are they missing? Like what's, what are they not prioritizing enough with their wellness? Um, I think a lot of people, you know, I think when you tell people like we want to, or you encourage wellness with people, I think a lot of times people think exactly that. I have to exercise, which I don't want to do. I have to eat better, which I necessarily don't want to do, or I have to eat healthy, you know, and that's a broad spectrum. It's pretty gray. Um, but I think what, what I think the focus could be or should be more on is what does your own wellness mean to you, right? Like if wellness means working out and eating healthy, then do that. But if wellness means to you taking time for yourself and going for a walk or taking time for yourself and just spending time at the park, reading a book, um, or, you know, hanging out with friends or family, like whatever it might mean. Like, I think the shift should not necessarily be on the activities that get you well, but the activities that make you feel better in the long run. Yeah. I like that. So what are those activities for you? (laughs) Um, well, I like to work out, (laughs) so (laughs) that's not a great example. Um, but like for me, working out is like very therapeutic. I know that if I go a stretch of not working out, um, and not even necessarily working out with weights, like not working, not going for a walk, not spending time outside, not taking my dog for a walk or just, you know, having that time to myself, I become incredibly anxious. I become incredibly irritable because I just haven't been able to kind of let all of that stress go. Um, but I also, you know, to that effect, I love to walk outside. I love to walk my dog. I love to spend time with my husband and my friends doing things outside. I love to read. I love to do yoga in the mornings, you know? So I think I'm not a great example of, you know, what wellness (laughs) means just because, yeah, but I just mean, you know, I think like, I know for like my husband, wellness for him is sitting down and having time in the morning to journal and get all of that stuff in his head and kind of out. Right. So if that to you is helpful, then I think that's part of wellness. Right. You know, so I think your focus shouldn't be on what everybody else expects you to do as far as working out and eating better and all that. Decide what you like and decide what's best for you. You know, that's great advice. (laughs) We could all use a little bit of that. So speaking of uh, your dog, Mm -hmm. you've got a couple other roommates. Yeah. So let's let's rank them. Favorite roommate to Ooh, least favorite. Um. Well, my favorite roommate is Adam. Obviously, I have to put him at the top. Shout of the out list. Adam. I know that would be fucked up if I didn't put my husband <laughs> <laughs> Um. But we have two cats and a dog. So two cats, Luna and Louie. Um. And our dog Bowie. Uh. He's they're your my. Baby. I know they're my children. All of them. Um. Oh God, I have to rank my favorite. Adam and I honestly have this conversation a lot. <laughs> Um, it depends. Sometimes Bowie can be... What does he say? Um, Adam says I love them all equally, but Luna is his favorite because she, okay. she's the sweet baby angel. Um, I, and she, she's like a space cadet. So she's like real weird. Um, but Louie is our cat. He's like eight pounds. He's very mischievous. He's very talkative. He's kind of like a dog. So honestly, I think he's my favorite. Aww. But Bowie's a close second. Okay. But I love them all equally. That's like such a hard question. But Yeah, you can't rank your kids. But he's just so dang cute. He's so small. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Bowie's honestly sometimes just a pain in my ass. So sometimes I'm just like, just relax. <laughs> they are pretty cute. Mm -hmm. I will give you that. All right. So um, wanted to thank you for joining us. Before we let you go, shout out your social media where people can find you. Give them um, all the good stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore wet, W-E-T-T. Um, you can also find me on TikTok, Ooh. Leah underscore wet. Same same name. Um, you I don't, on TikTok? Yeah. You don't. I you don't need to get TikTok. on TikTok. Oh, man. And you need to get tack on TikTok. Ta we talked about it. TikTok. 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 Whatever one. I don't know. <laughs> we talked about it. We have one. We, we just yeah. don't yeah. do much with it. Um, I don't have a Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. But I got Instagram and, and TikTok. Instagram and TikTok. Go find her there. All right, Leah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap on episode 25, but don't worry, we'll be back in just a couple of weeks with a brand new episode for us. Don't forget to like or follow this podcast on whatever streaming option you use, and you can follow us on Instagram at dsdtpod and at trilogycle. You can find Young Gabby at gsin, healthy and fit, and I am at Ricky Bobby. Until next time, stay hydrated, fam.